Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. The Milwaukee Brewers would be celebrating now their 51st season in Milwaukee. Of course, we don't know when baseball is coming back. But the Brewers are the subject of a new book by Adam McAlvey, who has been covering them for MLB.com for decades. He is a native of the Milwaukee area, and his new book is The Milwaukee Brewers at 50, celebrating a half century of Brewers baseball. Adam, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, of course, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on. So I got to say, and I, I'm doing this with all due respect, but I, I was looking at some of the numbers, right? I mean, the Brewers, I think, you know, over their 50 seasons in Milwaukee have a winning percentage of about 48%, which I think might be actually a little bit better than I would have guessed. And they've played a total in 50 seasons, if my math is right again, I think of 30 postseason games. <laughs> and they've won one pennant. No World Series, of course, that 1982 pennant lost in seven games to the Cardinals and Keith Hernandez and that whole story. It was Bob McClure, right, who gave up the hit to Hernandez in the uh, in the big game, am I right? That's right. No Raleigh fingers haunts Bud Seelig to this day. Right. So so when you set about a project like this, um, you know, how do you do it when there aren't, you know, 27 world championships like a team that plays in the Bronx, for instance? Yeah, well, look, there still are a lot of beloved characters in the story of this franchise, and I, I think that's what I tried to do as much as possible. Instead of just recounting the history, I think people, especially the many of the people who buy this book, know the basic history of the team and the playoff years in 81 and 82, and then uh, resurgence in 2008. 2011 with the Prince Fielder Ryan Braun teams, and then more recently led by Christian Yelich. You know, the basics are known, but but to try as much as possible in a book like this um, to get into some of the characters that tell the story of this team. And I think there are some unique things about this franchise, and it really it starts with the founding. You know, how many franchises can say that they existed as an idea for seven days, about seven days, before they played their first game. That's the amount of time between a bankruptcy judge in Seattle determining that the pilots, after one year there, could be sold to a group led by Bud Seelig in Milwaukee. Uh, Between that decision being made and the very first game, the opening day at County Stadium, that was the night of March 31st, 1970, to the afternoon of April 7th. 1970. I just think that's kind of a remarkable start and a fitting start for a team that then throughout the years has had, you know, some really interesting characters from George Scott and Gorman Thomas and, you know, more recently Ben Sheets and Niger Morgan, uh, just some, some big time personalities. So look, you're right. They have won one pennant. They are still chasing that world series. And uh, there's not a, a there, there is a parade to tell a story about. We can talk about that, a losing World Series parade. <laughs> but there's not a championship parade to tell the story of. 
Um, and, and I, you know, I, I, it, it, there, there still are um, uh, stories to tell, and that's what I try to dive into. We're speaking with Adam McAlvey about his new book, The Milwaukee Brewers at 50, celebrating a half century of Brewers baseball. And, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's easy for somebody coming from New York, you know, where they've got 27 championships for the Yankees and before that the Giants and um, – and the Dodgers and and the Mets. Well, it's been a it's been a long drought for the Mets too. But we'll we'll talk about that another time. But you know, people forget when you talk about Milwaukee baseball outside of Milwaukee, they forget that there were some incredible teams there yeah. in the fifties and early sixties. How long were the Braves in Milwaukee? What was it? Fourteen years, something like that. Yeah, never had a losing season. Um, led the major leagues in attendance on a number of occasions. First. Uh, National League franchise to draw 2 million fans. It was a town that fell in love with its baseball team. Aaron and Matthews and Spahn and Burdett. I mean, uh, it was, they had those great teams and they beat the Yankees in what was it? The 57 World Series, right? And then they, they decamped for Atlanta. What did it mean to Milwaukee to get baseball back in 1970? Of course, it meant that Seattle lost the team that it had for one year, as you already said. Yeah, it was the, that the city was big league again. Um, and, you know, it came at a time that Herb Cole had also brought the NBA to Milwaukee uh, just a, a year before. And it was a big boost for a town that was really heartbroken when the Braves left. You know, in, in reading about that, I, I've always known the Braves left town. I never exactly knew the history of that, how a team that had been so successful at the gate and on the field, and as you said, had so many Hall of Famers suddenly decamped. And I learned through this research that one of the reasons Milwaukee lost the Braves was they uh, made a policy against carrying beer. And people were so horrified of the notion of having to buy their beer at the ballpark (laughs) that it led to some really hard feelings. I'm sorry, Adam. Only in Milwaukee. I mean, that's that's that is a great story. You know, can you picture wheeling your keg into the ballpark for for a ballgame? (laughs) Now, look, it's more complicated than that, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, but that was certainly one factor. And really, before the Braves even decamped, Bud Selig was already trying to gather civic leaders. You know, he's around 30 years old at the time um, to try to first save the Braves. When that effort failed, uh, he turned his sights to bringing in almost immediately another expansion team. And, you know, he had so much heartache and close calls over and over. Uh, There was American League expansion during that period uh, between 65 and 70. Uh, There was National League expansion. He tells of watching Walter O'Malley announce the winner in mouth uh, a word that began with M and his heart lifted and uh, the the word was Montreal and Felix's heart was broken again. Um, He had a deal to buy the Chicago White Sox from one of the Allen brothers. Uh, The other brother nixed that deal. Heart was broken again. So the way Bud Selig tells it, this idea of, of bringing the Seattle Pilots, who, as you said, lasted only one year, poor attendance, um, the ownership, uh, at least one member of the ownership was willing to part with the team. It was, as Bud Selig tells it, the very last chance. And had that effort failed, um, there may not be big league baseball in Milwaukee today. And a whole generation of fans, including me, would, you know, Either be Cubs fans or Twins fans or maybe just focused on the Green Bay Packers. So it's a story of uh, close calls and sort of how, as Bud Selig uh, used this line, how history can hang on such a thin line and impact so many people in the, in the decades that follow. And 
Um, th- that is sort of a, a story of this franchise as well. We're speaking with Adam McCalvey. His new book is Milwaukee Brewers at 50, celebrating a half century of Brewers baseball. And you've got a foreword by Robin Yount, uh, the Hall of Famer, shortstop, center fielder. And off the top of my head, um, Robin Yount's easily the greatest player in franchise history, right? Easily, yes. Easily. Easily. Um, was he, was he full time playing shortstop when he was 18 for the Brewers? Yeah. And it, again, a, a, a story of right place, right time. I think about that in my career sometimes and how many of us have, you know, are where we are because of, uh, sort of that, that idea of just being uh, ready when opportunity strikes you. Um, Bud Felix tells the story of a real battle within their front office in 1973 uh, when the Brewers had the third overall pick and uh, the GM wanted a pitcher from New York. Uh, the scouting director really liked a shortstop from Woodland Hills, California. And they battled and battled and battled. And it was ultimately the scouting director's call, Jim Balmer, who himself was an infielder who made it to the big leagues at age 18. Uh, he got to select Robin Yount. And, and the following spring, you're talking about 1974. The Brewers are still basically an expansion team. They've had very little success on the field. And they get to spring training. The manager was Del Crandall, speaking of the great uh, Milwaukee Braves. He was one of the core players of that team. And um, he decided, you know, why not give this shot to the kid? Um, and Robin Yount had impressed uh, at times in that spring, and they made the decision sort of near the end of camp that let's just give it to let's give him a shot in the big leagues. And you know, really, it, it's it, it took years for Robin Yount to become the, the Hall of Famer that he eventually became. It was really a four really disappointing seasons. Um, he set a club record as a rookie that probably won't ever be broken for errors in a season at shortstop, uh, and really just, you know, didn't perform with the bat until about 1978. So, you know, would it, sometimes I think back when you look at players today in the social media age where everybody wants, you know, Mike Trout from the second he steps foot on a major league field, Robin Yount was four years of real struggle. And what would, what would he look, what would his career look like in today's game? Would it be different? Would they have the patience to stick with an eventual Hall of Famer? Sort of an impossible question to answer, but one of the, you know, one of the, the best things for Robin Yount was that he was able to learn on the job. The next year, the Brewers brought back Henry Aaron to Milwaukee. He was a fantastic mentor for Robin Yount. And uh, Frank Robinson was also a great mentor for Robin Yount. Robin went down and played winter ball for a Frank Robinson team. And uh, Robinson took to this kid. It was, you know, the sort of a cool, calm Southern California guy. Robinson really liked him. And they'd have a couple of cocktails at the bar each night. And, uh, Robin Yount says that was a, a phenomenal influence on his career as well, and, and he blossoms into really the face of this franchise. May, you know, maybe it's Bob Euchre's team. Maybe you can make a case for that, a broadcaster being the face of the team. But uh, for if you're talking about players, there's no doubt that Robin Yount is the man who defines this sort of uh, understated, blue-collar, uh, loyal sort of town. Uh, he's the player that he, he's the face of this franchise. And I was just going to get to Bob Euchre before we let you go. And again, we're speaking with Adam McAlvey from MLB.com, who's been covering the Brewers for MLB for 20 years nearly. And uh, that's 40% of the history of the franchise. Tell me a Bob Euchre story, and then we'll let you go. Well, 
you know, his deadpan gets you. Um, uh, you know, my favorite personal Bob Euchre story, there was a, a, a year, one of the early years I was covering the team where, you know, they weren't very good, as you said, for some of those years and in the 2000s. And they agreed to let Sports Illustrated follow the team for like a, a road trip. And it turned into just this nightmarish road trip. They lost every game injuries, whatever could go wrong, went wrong. But when the piece comes out in Sports Illustrated, there's this fantastic photo of the guys playing ping pong at the pool in, in Miami. Um, and in the background is Uke in a very, very stylish black Speedo. And this thing gets published in the magazine, and he, he took some ribbing for it. And I think it was like the next spring. We're just talking about it. And totally casually in conversation, this comes up, and he goes, oh, yeah, my sports illustrated swimsuit issue. And for some reason, that line just like stuck in my head forever. And, it, and it's those types of little things that you will drop on you. And, you know, you're not even expecting to laugh. And then you spend the next hour laughing about that thing you said. I've said many times, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a joy to cover the team. When your team that, that you follow makes it to the postseason. Look, you're, you're agnostic about covering this team. You're doing the job as a journalist. But it's, it's, it, you want, you know, when the team's good, it's, it's a good thing. You know, you get to cover huge games deep into October. It's a lot of fun. I've always said my team could win the next 10 World Series. Or, the, you know, I could cover the next 10 World Series and nothing will be as great a thrill as just standing around the batting cage with Bobby Euchre because he will just make you laugh. Um, he's a total joy to be around. And, um, you know, I hope he gets to do it for a long time. This was supposed to be his 50th season uh, on the mic for the Milwaukee Brewers, his hometown team. Not exactly the way he envisioned uh, season number 50 going, but hopefully we get some baseball for him before this is over. That would be nice. Adam McCalvey's new book, The Milwaukee Brewers at 50, celebrating a half century of Brewers baseball. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck. Uh, good luck with the book. Jeremy, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.